Speed freaks and welcome to another edition of Back of the Grid. I'm your host Stu Greenwood, and I'm joined by Chris. Unmute yourself, Chris. Hi, how's it going? I was <laughs> opening my squeaky water bottle, uh, and I'm joined by Tom. Hello. I am not opening a squeaky water bottle. <laughs> no, I can I can tell by the silence coming down. Oh, and you haven't muted yourself either, and I can tell that because I can hear your voice. Hello. Fine, next time I'll just squeak all over the intro music. <laughs> please do, do please do. <laughs> um, how are we? But uh, this this episode is going to have like a bit more energy because I've actually had a couple of days off before recording a podcast for once. What? So, are we excited for that? Are we excited for some energy in this up in this podcast? It's good for at it's least sh- one of us to have some energy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's a shame that your energy has come at a time where the episodes are bound, bound to be like 30 minutes tops. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, nothing uh, has happened. It, it'll be an energy that's easy to sustain for that period of time, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, are you keeping dry, Tom? I hear there's been a lot of flooding down your end recently. Just about. Yeah. In hilly Sheffield. With, I don't get how it floods in Sheffield. It's The whole place is a hill. It did, however, lead me to a, a Formula One-related thought over the week, though. Oh, really? The rain. And what, what was that? Yeah, be? I was driving down the motorway, and there was a lorry displacing a heck of amount of water. And I started mm. thinking to myself, per second, what will displace more water, a Formula One car or a 16-wheel wagon? Ooh. Ooh. I and I want, I want that comparison. I think a Formula One car, but purely just because it'll move so much further in one second. Yeah, than a lorry would, and the yeah, wheels are rotating faster. Yeah, but it is. You know it'd be an interesting experiment, close. you know. A quarter as many wheels. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. If anyone out there knows the answer to this, please get in touch. Wow, I some what what happened there was we somehow managed to make a topical thing that's happening in the UK, which would otherwise be completely unrelated to Formula One, absolutely related to Formula One. So well done, Tom. Yeah. Good it work. also shows how much of an addict I am that on an off week, that's how I crowbar Formula One into my day. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a flood. I wonder how much water. <laughs> it also shows how desperate for content we are this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You're about to see how desperate we are for content because you know it's a slow week when the only real piece of news to come out of the Formula One world is that Toto Wolff won't be in Brazil for the Grand Prix. Um I don't know really what what we can do with that. It's probably been flogged to death already on the internet as well. First time he's not been at a race since like 2013 or something, I think. Yep, that's we've got a stat. There we go. That's good content, Chris. <laughs> well done. The um, it's relevant. The the wording of it was interesting. They kind of in the statement said. Oh, see, there it is. With both championships secured, it gives me more time in Europe to focus on other topics. Which is incredibly vague. That's such a um, German way of saying that as well. <laughs> Focus yeah. on other topics. I mean, I wonder if those other topics are the impending Formula E season because yeah. Mercedes were not exactly setting the timing sheets alight in their preseason testing. Um, I mean, Nick DeVries just had three days of 
technical issues and then crashed. And Van Dorn managed to get, I don't think he managed to get into the top 10 in all three of the testing days. So they're not exactly hitting the ground running at Mercedes. Mm. So I wonder if he's popping down to the Formula E team to knock a few heads together. Yeah, to sprinkle a bit of the magic Toto dust on the All team. that, yeah, that could do with it, I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, what you've also done there, Chris, is you've segmate, segued me really nicely into... Well, it's not a segue anymore because I've mentioned it. And as we all know on this show, <laughs> in back of the grid style, segue, it's not a segue anymore. Um, <laughs> Formula E season starts in like two less than two weeks' time on the 22nd of November with a double header in Saudi Arabia. Um, so that's an exciting thing for us to all look forward to on this week of no news. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I mean, as, as much as I've just slated how Mercedes did in testing, there was like a second cover in about 2021 20, cars in testing. So it's looking wow. ridiculously competitive. Um, yeah. The BMWs generally looked like the quickest, um, but then behind them, kind of pretty much anyone was close, really. Obviously, the Tachitas are still in there. Um, Porsche seem to have hit the ground running a lot more than Mercedes have as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it. Yeah, there's there's um, a few um, regulatory changes, isn't there, this year for for Formula E that that sort of crept up, and they're only they're small, but they're they're significant, I'd say. Um, the, there's the twin motors thing that's being banned. Um, oh yes, a few of them are running twin motors, and that's no longer going to be the case. And um, which team was it that had, was it? Tachita who had t- twin motors. Tachita were one of them, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think there might have been a couple of them. Mm. So and I think there was some something about wasn't there some controversy about where you know how they run them and how they're somehow managing to get a little touch more power out of them than what they should be. It seemed that way. They mm. they definitely had a bit more oomph than a lot of the rest of the field last season. A bit more oomph, yeah. Um, another another regulatory change is the attack mode power level is going to be increased by ten kilowatts from two two five kilowatts to two hundred thirty five kilowatts. That's 10 more. Quick math. It is. <laughs> it is indeed. Um, I mean, attack mode, I think, was generally considered a success last season, would you say? Yeah, I think attack mode yeah. is cool. It, there was a nice balance between risk and reward, wasn't there? But I'm guessing they're deciding that there needs to be a touch more of the reward factor for it. Yeah, it definitely but, worked better at some circuits than others. For, for the uninitiated, attack mode was the kind of boost where you had to drive through an offline bit of the track to activate it and you got more power for X amount of time. It kind of varied circuit to circuit, but yeah. Yeah. And um, they also, the, the, the cool thing with that is they, it changed that they only announced the location on the track that it would be, you know, mere hours before the race. So you couldn't really factor yeah. it into your race strategy yeah. properly in the same way that you would if it, if you knew where it was going to be, you know, weeks in advance. Because that was the thing with sort of the previous generation of Formula E is that it, they got very good at we know the distance of the race and the, the pace that we need to go at to perfectly eke out the energy so we cross the line with 0% and obviously not be able to use this attack mode which is mandatory in those calculations kind of throws all that out the window a little bit. They can't really calculate the perfect race yeah. anymore. Mm. 
And, and you've got good. to get the uh, activation zone right because we saw a yeah. number of occasions last year where people missed it or um, went through it at a time that they weren't really expecting to or altered strategy during a race like because of a safety car or something. So it added a nice bit of variety, which I think was the overall goal, wasn't it, really? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of safety cars, um, they will no longer be allowed to activate attack mode during full, sco- full course yellows or safety car periods this season. Interesting. So that is in- I think that is interesting. I think, that's a- I think that's a good thing as well. I think it was a bit kind of... I mean, you don't want to see cars driving around with the power boost activated when they can't use it for one it it wasn't yeah. a good look when it's like here's this cool new exciting feature and as soon as a safety car at certain tracks they'd all just try and activate it then because they didn't want to have to use it during the race at that particular <laughs> yeah. circuit it doesn't look great does it yeah. for your super duper new feature yeah exactly um but the the cool thing about that as well is that it means that at the end of a safety car period now we'll probably see all the cars in in and in a similar way to what we saw at some races last season, all the cars will now full filter out across into the into the yeah. zone and yeah. um, all get their boost together, um, which is exciting to see because if if it's a difficult line to take, which we did see at some tracks, then like like Tom said a moment ago, it could be that you know a driver just misses like one of the one of the points that they need to hit in order to activate it. Because the obviously the, the more marginal you are on that, the more time you you want to lose as little time as possible in exactly. Yeah. It. So, yeah, you could see some mixed up sort of race restarts with mixed power among among all the different cars, which will be really really exciting. Yeah, I'd, I'd love it as a as a race feature. I'm I'm properly excited for this new Formula E season. Like the list of drivers is awesome. You've got proper manufacturers joining now. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really good. It's a series that's gone from strength to strength though each season, it isn't really it? Has. So I'm hoping that they keep taking those steps and they don't plateau too soon. No, um, and you know, hopefully, some of the things that they're tweaking a little bit because what we're four four years in now, five years. Uh, in? This is four season. Years. This will be season five, won't it? I think this will be. No, it's be season six. I think we're about to enter. Is it? Got four uh, champions, or yes, it is. We're about to enter season six. Yeah. Wow, God, it's gone so yeah. fast. It really has. Yeah, it has. It has. And the great news, if you're in Great Britain, is that there's going to be a British one again this year in London. In yeah, that tickets go on sale in the next week or two, I think. Mm. Yeah, so that's definitely exciting. to get on top um, of that. Just to finish up on technical regulations, um, the final one is for each on technical side for each minute under full course yellow or safety car conditions one kilowatt hour will be subtracted from the total available energy measured from the point at which the race was neutralized so it's almost they're kind of like arbitrarily making it so that the battery runs down yeah the i think the thinking behind that is there are a number of races especially last season where you'd get a lengthy safety car or two early in the race which essentially meant they could run at full power until the end or you know higher power than they would be able to at the end and those races tended to be the ones that sort of turned into bumper cars it was the the ones where they had just power to um to play with were the more crashy races which i guess is not a look they particularly want to 
have for the series. It's definitely criticism that's uh, thrown at Formula E a lot. So I think that's probably an effort to try and negate that would be my guess. Mm. Yeah, maybe. That's interesting. Mm. See if it Um, works. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then a couple of sporting regulations ones. During a race suspension, the countdown clock will stop unless otherwise announced by the race director with the aim of the... That's the idea there is that they want to complete the full rate. They want the cars on track for the full race time, basically, which makes sense. And uh, the final one, the fastest driver in group qualifying stages will be awarded one championship point. Oh, interesting. This is, this is because of Sam Bird whinging all the time about being in Group 1. Every <laughs> single time there's a qualifying session and Sam Bird is in Group 1, he complains. <laughs> and this is probably... Let's call this the Sam Bird point, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the theory is that if you, you could set a faster time in your group stage than what the ultimate fastest time is set for pole position. So, yeah. as I understand it, that would get you a championship point. Yeah, basically. Well, isn't it whoever's fastest in the th- out of each group? Or no, it's the fastest driver in group qualifying stages. Oh, okay. So uh, on during the entire qualifying session, the fastest time gets the point. Right. Oh, okay, right. So, so it's right, not okay, it's not what I thought it was. Then I misunderstood it as being the fastest person from each group gets a point no, as well as no. pole position. No, no, no. That uh, it's not the Sam Bird point. Then I retract. No, no, not quite. It's Sam Bird had such a rough season last year for someone who was in contention for so long. He really did. He he just got so unlucky. Just got absolutely bumper card out of it. This, you know, these regulations. If if we're going to see less bumper cars, this could be his year. <laughs> the year of the <laughs> yeah. bird. Money on it now, Stu. No way. Do no it. way on the. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, but if I have he's, faith if he's in got the his guy, extra. If he's getting his extra Sam Bird point every weekend now, then... Yeah, true. He's, he's already halfway there. <laughs> um, what else is going to be interesting about Formula E? Well, we're on the subject of Formula E, Matt, as well. There's going to be a Jakarta E-Pri um, in June. Yeah. Yes, have they released the track for that yet, do you know? Not that I'm aware of. Um, oh, no. <clears throat> There's been a a kind of semi-leaked mock-up of what some people think it might be, and it didn't look great, to be honest. It was essentially uh, making a square around a monument a bit more exciting with some little bits that go off into a park. Um, yeah. I think they've basically said this kind of square around the monument is going to be like where the race will take place, and there's been a few attempts at making an interesting track around it some more successful than others um hmm. but yeah there's nothing official yet as far as i'm aware um cool place to have a race though jakarta very cool place to have a race they do go yeah. to some very cool places formula yeah well sanya the 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 chinese one sanya that's like a beach resort in china which you don't really you know china not a nation synonymous with beach resorts yeah but it's actually like you know it's just like going to you know somewhere on the mediterranean or something like that it's like a really cool location yeah um yeah uh, so no, also no monaco epre this year that's that's every other year they run that for yeah the yeah it seems to be how they're going now yeah anyway that's a lot of formula e chat early <laughs> doors so shall we move on to the next bit if i can find it which is a 13 year old juju noda 
gets the Danish F four seat. Chris, this is your bit of news. So you do you want to uh, do you want to? Yeah. So we've we've spoke about her at some point in the past. Um, she's the daughter of uh, former F one driver Hideki Noda. Um, who took part in, I think it's three races at the end of the 94 season. It's not a prolific F1 driver, but an F1 driver all the same. Um, Yeah, she kind of mostly made headlines because at the age of nine, she became the youngest person to ever test um, F4 machinery. At the age of 10, she broke the Okayama F4 lap record in a test session, which at the age of 10 is fairly impressive. Her, if you look back at kind, she's been kart racing since she was like four, and she's had some pretty solid results, basically from the age of four upwards. I, I think there's definitely a lot of hype around her that maybe there wouldn't be around a male driver with similar results. It's fair to say, but there's no doubting she's incredibly fast for someone of her age. She is about to turn 14, at which point she's going to be moving to Denmark to, as you said, take place in a Danish F4, mostly because that appears to be the version of F4 that you can enter at the youngest age. So that's why she's going to Denmark. (laughs) Um, There was talk of her entering something uh, in Japan, but she'd have to wait another year or two to do that. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how she does. As I say, she's got kind of a decent record, but she's not really had a proper like single-seater uh, test against other sort of equally skilled drivers, I guess you'd say. Um, although I assume most Danish F4 drivers are going to be a little older than 14. But yeah. yeah, it's going to be really, really fascinating to see how she gets on. She's, as I say, she holds a lap record, which is no uh, no mean feat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating to see how she gets on. I really hope she's not like put under in- insane pressure just because of the sort of press that she's got. But yeah, something wow. to keep our eyes yeah. on for sure. Definitely. Yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on there. Who knows? Maybe one day Juju could be in formula one and also juju what a name that's awesome it's a pretty pretty solid name isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah um so <clears throat> shall we do some previewing of the brazilian grand prix yes what we're here for it is why we're here believe it or not after 18 minutes it is why we're here <laughs> um so uh first storyline i've got for you is how will mercedes manage without toto this weekend will has he used <laughs> up all his magic magic dust on the uh, Mercedes team. Um, I think they'll be fine, don't you? Probably. I mean, in terms of the race stuff, he doesn't have a ton of input during the race, does he? I don't think. He's more of an observer when the actual race is going on. His main input is banging on desks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you said um, last time, Mercedes did something against their normal kind of run of things was in Germany when we had the flat cap madness. So <laughs> hopefully they won't lose their heads again. <laughs> Yeah. 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 So that's the that's the first storyline um, based on our non news event of the week. The <laughs> next one is I'm going to go into a bit of detail on this one. This is what can happen in the rest of the championship across the drivers and the constructors. So I've got um, I've prepared a little. I've actually, guys, believe it or not, you can tell I've had a bit of time off because I've prepared something for this. Ooh. Um, so in the drivers' standings, um, third is still very much up for grabs between Leclerc, Verstappen, and Vettel. Um, there are not all that many points between them. Leclerc is on two four nine, Max is on two three five, and Vettel is two three zero. 
So you could say Leclerc's sort of got a, the biggest advantage there. He's got a, there's definitely a bigger gap between Leclerc and Verstappen than there is between Vettel and Verstappen. Um, but all to play for still, you know, 14 points between Leclerc and Verstappen and a quick maths, five points between Vettel and Verstappen. Yeah. Um, who's your, who would your money be on? Who do you think of those three? Um, I think Charles has got enough in him and the Ferrari has got enough in it to see out the last couple of races, personally. Um, mm. I think I think Max will probably give him the biggest challenge over Seb, if I'm totally honest, but I think that I think that the Ferraris are too close to for Vettel to catch him, basically. So it's all going to depend on on that fight between Verstappen and Leclerc for me. Yeah, I th- I think looking at the weather forecast, I don't think currently there's any rain forecast for the race day. If that was the case, then I'd maybe say Leclerc could be in a bit of trouble and get caught. But on a normal dry weekend and obviously the last race is going to be dry because it's because of where it is um yeah i would probably lean towards leclerc just about holding on to that as well even with a verstappen win this weekend if he can manage a win because that's a possibility it is entirely possible but if leclerc can also get himself on the podium he wouldn't be clawing back quite as many points Mm. yeah You'd expect to be a lot stronger in Abu Dhabi than there. Yeah, yeah. Abu Dhabi may. I think Abu Dhabi maybe you'd the Ferraris might edge it, but I think at this race, I wouldn't be surprised to see Max Verstappen in that third place position um, come Monday morning in a week's time. It's entirely possible, yeah, but I'm not sure if he'd sustain it over. Yeah, whatever advantage you can get this weekend, I I feel like Ferrari are going to probably be. A chunk Couldn't faster at that last race, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next little bit about this is um, sixth place is far from secure for Albon. Um, he'll need another solid weekend this weekend to hold on to that position with Sainz close behind. You've got Sainz just behind him on um, 80 points to Alexander Albon's 84 points. Only four points in it. And to be fair, the Red Bull in Albon's hands has been pretty spicy hasn't it and they've had some they've had good reliability towards this this half on this half of the season on the Albon car um, yeah so you would you'd probably say he's going to hold on to that I would have thought but you you just never know with the Red Bulls like it's getting to that stage of the season where you could be starting to see engine failures and the the, the McLaren Renault is probably not the most reliable car on the grid either but no. I think that's I think that's very much to play for. If science can nick sixth position, that'd be a huge result for him at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think if it were just down to the drivers and the cars were, you know, not a the cars worked as they should, then I think Albon should walk that. But as you say, it's at this end of the season you never know what's gonna happen. It only takes one shocker for Albon for uh science to uh be all over him again. Even Gasly's not that far back. I mean, if we did have a wet race and Toro Rosso could pull out a decent result, there's no reason why Gasly couldn't creep back on them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Unlikely, but possible. 77 points, but yeah, it is possible with a with a sort of upset or you know, just you you only like you say you only need a a mental race for for that to happen. Yeah, which this year we've had at least one absolutely (laughs) mental race. So why not throw another one into the? Why why not put a sting in the tail of this season? Um, the next part is only nine points 
um, separate positions nine to twelve in the drivers' championship. So the ninth place spot could be snatched by either Ricardo Perez, Norris, or Hulkenberg. So you can expect to see some good racing, I think, between those four as the season comes to a close. With with Gasly in the mix there as well. It's a hard one to call that, isn't it? Mm, very hard. There's there's not much in it. It's literally. Ricardo 46, Perez 44, Norris 41, and then Hulkenberg 37. And you've even got Kvyat on 34 behind that. So, you know, it's not completely out of the realms of possibility that with, yeah. a, with a crazy race, Kvyat could bring himself like up the, up the positions a few. Yeah, I, th- I think, I don't know if this is more of a heart thing or not, but I think with the way that he's driven recently, Danny Rick's got the the edge in that fight. Uh, Lando's had a bit of bad luck. Perez has been strong, though, to be fair. Yeah. But I think Danny Ricciardo has just been that tiny bit better. Um, and in theory, the Renault's better than the Racing Point. And I say in theory because it's not always. Hmm. So, I mean, considering uh, the first half of the season Racing Point had, the fact that Perez is even in that fight to be in the top yeah. 10 in the standings true. is very impressive. Very true. Yeah, um, people have been a bit down on Racing Point this second half of the season, but I think they've been all right. They've not been so, compared to how they were first half of the season. I think they've come a long way. Yeah, I think yeah. they've really turned things around. Mm. Um, it's it's also like those those four drivers: Ricardo, Perez, Norris, and Hawkenberg. All of them would be disappointed not to make the top ten in the standings. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, Ricardo. Ricardo should be in the top ten. You know, no question asked. That's where he lives. Um, mm. Perez as well, That's like hasn't house. been at the top ten for a long time. Norris would love to make the top ten in his first season, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, here's the question then: of the four I mentioned, of Ricardo, Perez, Norris, and Hulkenberg, who would you most like to see in 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 ninth or tenth place? Ninth. Who would you like to see finish highest of those four in ninth? It's, it's between Ricardo and Norris for me. Like that's my ninth and tenth. Out of that battle, I want those two to be in the top ten. Yeah, I'm kind like personal favourites. Yeah, so some kind of the like same. Very, very, um, that's very biased. If it was between those two having a fight to the wire for that ninth place, then I'd be happy with that. Whoever actually yeah. <laughs> took it, I think I, Norris deserves a top ten finish given the season he's had, though. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think my favourite for me it'd have to be Norris. I'd, I'd love to see Norris. Ah, oh, it's hard because I'm a big Ricardo fan, though, as well. <laughs> so it is a very tough one. I think, yeah, I, you know what? Well, let's sit on the fence. Ninth and tenth, either way, Norris and Ricardo, and then behind yeah. that, Perez or Hulkenberg. I'm ambivalent. <laughs> 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 um, so on to the teams. Um, I'm only going to go down to the top ten because there's there's really with drivers because there's really not much interest I think after that I thought you meant with the teams then I was like no, what was the yeah, there, are literally ten, <laughs> there are literally 10 teams so yeah I'd, be, I'd struggle to go any further than that um, so <laughs> in terms of the teams it's actually it's more or less right now looking pretty you know it looks kind of set I guess like you've got Racing Point and Toro Rosso um, yeah. Toro Rosso are probably going to be looking to leapfrog Racing Point, as good as the second half of Racing Point season has been compared to their first half, I think I still think Toro Rosso have probably got ever so slightly the better car. So, and they've got a, probably the better driver lineup as well in the end of it. So, they I really think they'd ought be, to be they'd well, be really disappointed with seventh. I think Toro Rosso. I think that'd be yeah. a big disappointment for them. Yeah, 
Yeah. And Gasly, I think it'd be good for Gasly to get that t- team up, you know, up a little yeah. bit, one or two places as well. Just because he's had a such a it must be such a tough season when you start in in you know a rate of a race winning car that is a race winning car that Red Bull this season, yep. and you get demoted down and it is demotion down into yeah what is very clearly not a race winning car. So. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be, good it'd be to... nice for him to have something to celebrate at the end of the exactly, year. Exactly, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so expect to see some tasty battles between the Toro Rosso bunch and the Racing Point bunch. I reckon there'll be some elbows out action. And Perez is known for, you know, he's not afraid to get the fangs <laughs> out when he needs to, eh? Um, nope. Stroll, ugh, I don't know how well Stroll's going to do for him to, in this battle, I think. Where where would you put where would you rank the sort of four drivers in those two teams? Um, and it, when you were talking about like the driver lineups between the two of them, I would nearly compared it to two decent drivers versus one good driver and an average one. <laughs> like it, it's a, it's a <laughs> that's team a that's very got polite two... way of putting it. <laughs> it. Like it is though, isn't it? I think like the the two drivers at Toro Rosso are both good at what they're doing. I think Perez is generally that little bit better than him or at least a bit more consistent than the other two. And then Stroll is generally the back marker of those four. I mm. think that's the, the general yeah. consensus. Like he's, I feel like you've not seen him this season, in all honesty. And there was a little bit of a spell like that for Perez where they were both kind of in a bit of no man's land. Um, but at least recently you've seen Perez in the points and fighting for points, whereas it doesn't feel like you've seen that from Stroll at all this season, despite one of his results being in Germany with the you know, where he was way up there. Yeah. Other than that, like that feels like the only time I've seen him all season. Yeah. He's he's definitely had some lot. luck, hasn't he? If Germany was a lottery, I bet Stroll bought a <laughs> ticket that night. Um, <laughs> Yeah, other so other than the racing points and the Toro Rossos, you've got I mean the there's the there was the McLaren and the Renault sort of battle, but that looks I can't you know, you've got McLaren on hundred and twenty one points and Renault on eighty three. It'd take a lot now for Renault to, to push forty them. points, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a big old gap now. Some very high finishes and some DNFs for McLaren really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. It's that and and when you look at sort of where these cars are finishing in the points as well, like that's such yeah. a huge, it's an even, it makes it an even bigger gap. So you're not good. You know, neither of those cars are going to be winning races. You wouldn't, unless something crazy happens, which can, but you'd expect to see that sort of stay the same. And then the other close yeah. one was probably Alfa Romeo and Haas are pretty close as well. You've got Alfa on 35 points and Haas on 28 but Haas is struggling so so badly in the races at the moment that I just and, and Alfa Romeo are actually doing really really well yeah. so I, I really can't see that one changing either and then you've got, got Williams at the back which has just been the start I mean, of the season hasn't it I mean basically everyone at Haas have just said they've written off this season a good, a good Steiner said in his head this season didn't happen and I think he said it's been it feels like they're trying to play football with 11 defenders and no strikers. Yeah, I read that. And then you've got Grosjean going on sort of the internet saying it's very difficult to motivate himself at the end of the season. It's just it doesn't nothing, sound like a team not, that's about to pull some results out of the bag, does it? Yeah, yeah. None, none of the pieces of that jigsaw puzzle seem to be together, <laughs> do they, at no. the moment? No. Hopefully, you know, maybe they've get. I, I imagine they would probably have given up on this car 
fairway fairly early into the season yeah. and maybe focused on put just putting the best they can into the 2020 car um, even though the regulations are relatively stable i guess you gain more if you really really focus on making all the big changes that you need to make rather than making small incremental changes when you're in a position there in because there's obviously something yeah. very wrong with that car in terms of the way it just munches yeah. tires so yeah, that's that storyline. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone got anything more to add? Do you feel like I've missed anything off from that, or do you want to? I think that's pretty much on? all the potential changes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I I think the only thing that really comes out of that, um, like the first two things we've talked about, I guess, the storylines is um, it makes me wonder how much off the gas Mercedes will be now, just to finish races and rack up a few points because you kind of do see it from both them and Lewis, like towards the end of the season. Once things are wrapped up, they do take things a little bit easier just to, let's just bring it home now, basically, with some dignity, I guess, rather than like being daft and crashing out of races and and pushing engines to the limit. We've won the championship. Let's have some dignity, all right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's like, what what would be a worse advert than just blowing up engines in both races? Exactly, And they they tend to ease off after they've sealed everything in in every season we've seen so far with them. So yeah, plus like I mean, what you've done there is you've just ram raided one of my storylines, Tom. <laughs> Have I? I didn't see it in the list. Sorry, <laughs> it's, it's, it was actually my last one, but we'll do it now. So like, it's it's Will Hamilton come back onto form after what wasn't his best weekend overall in the USA, despite a very very good recovery during the race. He he was. You know, he was off the pace. In, yeah, it's pretty in, ropey. Yeah, in in Texas, he he qualified fifth, and then yeah, you know, things sort of fell into place for him, and they've got they do have a very reliable car and a very good race car, so he managed to claw it back. But you'd ex- you've, you we've just touched on the feet. Well, we've just got got into the theme of them taking their foot off the gas, and I do feel like he, yeah, he definitely that has been a theme, hasn't it? When they've won the championship, I agree yeah. with you, Tom. Um. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't have much more to add to that, really. But do you have anything, Chris? His Hamilton's not got the best of records at, um, in Brazil either, has he? He's he's won he won it last year. Mm, he's won it twice, I think. Yeah, he's won it twice, I think. But he's also had a number of ropier races there. It's, I don't think it's definitely one of his more favoured tracks. Um, yeah, maybe well, the, the thing, the thing is, I think it's one of those where he'd love to pick up tons of wins and oh, the yeah. reason being is is his um idolization of senna yeah like mm. he i think maybe that's part and parcel what it is that like senna, then again senna struggled to win there for so long didn't he yeah like, true it's it's almost it's almost like reflective of the the way that he he emulate or he feels like he wants to emulate senna the fact that he's then struggled for so many years until recently to win in Brazil kind of mirrors that a little bit. I think like that's the... why it means a lot to him. He, I think I think out of the two races, this is where we'll see Lewis try harder because it is Brazil. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you, you do get like it, it, to give credit to Hamilton. A, you can have a worse role model than Ayrton Senna, especially if you're a race driver. Yeah, and, and B, <laughs> you do get the especially now he's won as many as he has, and you know. Given the just the talent that Hamilton so clearly has, you do get this 
there's definitely I feel like there's an affiliation between the two drivers. There's definitely like that mm. if they were racing soulmates that span generations, they would definitely be like top of yeah. that list. Um, yeah. Which is really nice to see. It's, it's nice to see someone, you know, fulfilling, living their dream and fulfilling what they feel like, I guess, is would be their destiny and emulating their heroes, you know? like, And you see it in him when, yeah. it, when he wins races, when he wins, when he completes milestones, when he wins championships. Like, he he does sort of talk a lot about pride and and he, he, it's not lost on him how significant it is to achieve you know, the things he has achieved, which I think is a nice yeah. thing to see. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's um, like there was the story this week that um, was an interview with Mick Schumacher who said that like he looks up to Sebastian Vettel in the same way that Sebastian Vettel looked up to Michael Schumacher growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, and kind of as much as they're all kind of cut from the same cloth and in the same game, like they do kind of still have their heroes within the sport, which is... yeah. It's nice to see that these things matter to people. Yeah, yeah it, well, then it just make, it humanizes them. They're not yeah, machines. Exactly. That you know, as much as like they they can be, you know, race drivers often can be quite robotic. When someone opens up like that, and you see they've got an idol and and they've got sentiment and they've, they have things that they value, then it definitely sort of makes you realize, oh, they they are a human. They're just like me. They, they have they have things they care about. They have ambitions and all this. So I like it. I like that kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, and that's the other thing as well. Like, we're coming to the end of one of the longest seasons in F1 history. Like, mm-hmm. if the, if there were still titles to fight for, fair enough. But the fact this wraps up now, like Hamilton and the the Mercedes crew, especially, like they've probably earned taking their foot off the gas a little bit for these last couple of rounds. Like, <laughs> yeah. they must be spent by this point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, imagine. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's what Toto Wolff's doing. He's not actually going back to join <laughs> the Formula E team. He's just going to work on his train set <laughs> in the garage. Have a light dust. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next storyline is: Can Verstappen win another in the penultimate race of the championship, or will Albon spoil his party at what should be a bit of a Red Bull track? Um, so Albon last race wasn't quite on the. Uh, on the Verstappen pace, but it was he's, he's been handy all season. And yeah. Verstappen almost won it. Let's not forget Verstappen almost won it last season. If it wasn't for mm-hmm. Ocon, he would have won the race. It was you might argue it was his own temperament that cost him. The yeah, race, I would say still. if it wasn't for Verstappen, he would have won the race. But let's yeah, not yeah, yeah. open that can of worms again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested to see you know how the Red Bull pairing do this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I think Verstappen going to the weekend feeling he's got um, something to make up for for last year for definite. Yeah, he's got unfinished so I think, business. I think he'll be in the back of his mind all weekend that he, he needs to do well and finish well. And for Mexico, I think as well. Like we said at the time, Mexico mm. was definitely Red Bull's best shot of winning another race this season. Verstappen, it's partially through his own fault, partially not, kind of made a bit of a hash of that. And I think this is this race is probably Red Bull plan B to get another win before the end of the season. So Yeah, definitely. Um, and the final one that I have for you this week is, will Ferrari's pace return at Interlagos? Um, there was people, there, there were murmurings that they may have been breaking the rules up until the USA Grand Prix when the direct, a technical directive came about to say that they couldn't, that that team, no, not just not specifically Ferrari, but teams couldn't use fuel in a certain way to bypass the sensor that detects the flow of the fuel. No, 
just set up, just set up changes. Nothing to see here. Just, just, just trying, to, just trying different set up things. And te- when, when you started interjecting, then I thought you were going to be like, just t- be like, no, Stu, you're completely wrong, and like really mean it. And I was just backing up completely the wrong tree. Go on, Tom. I was going to say, technically, you can't break a rule if it's not a rule. It's true. That's true. But yeah, the, true. Other, <laughs> it is now. Other, team, like, other, other teams have said that if they did do what they were doing, then they would consider it a. A, a breach of the rules. Or the team who were upset they didn't think of it first. Yeah. Or that. Exactly. <laughs> That's also a distinct possibility. Um, no team in the history of Formula One has gone, oh, we've come up with this interesting idea. Are we allowed to use this, please, FIA? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so funny, isn't it? And who are they kidding? Really like, who are they kidding? I love it when Christian Horner comes back on, on media and goes, oh, yeah, you know, we just want to get this thing checked before we spend all this money researching this thing <laughs> and, and trying to make it work. Yeah, right. No, <laughs> like, that, that money's already gone. That research has yeah. already happened. They failed, <laughs> and now they're going to try and bring it down through regulations. Yeah. That's, That's how like, that, that works. That really is. That's exactly how it works. If, you read, if you've read any books written by Formula One engineers, I'm, I'm looking at the Adrian Newey book here. Um, <laughs> as soon as, yeah, as soon as you, you find a way of making something that the other teams can't do, someone's going to come and try and sabotage that for you. And that's exactly what Christian Horner did to Ferrari, yeah. in my mind. There's, there's, obviously, they can neither confirm nor deny it, but to see <laughs> the sudden... I mean, where was Leclerc in in the USA Grand Prix? You know, he was so far off the pace. Yes, he had yeah. an older engine, an older spec engine, but I don't yeah. know. Like You could still... I think you could still pump more fuel into that engine if you wanted it to go faster. I don't think the specs got an awful lot to do with that myself. Yeah. yeah. No, I've I've got no doubt that that's what it was. Mm. I mean, so the interesting thing is we'll find out. Yeah, I do enjoy Christian Horner jumping on his high horse as he tries to shuffle the um blown diffusers and flexible wings and stuff out of yeah. shot like how dare they how dare they do things with yeah. the rules i'll just cover this up with this little throw i've got here yeah <laughs> it's great isn't it um it's actually but that if... is actually also one of my favorite things about formula one i say this every week oh completely yeah. that we talk about but yeah yeah i love the, the sort of the what's the, the thin veils <laughs> yeah that pulls across across cars so often <laughs> if this does turn out to be the case, though, and as a result of this technical directive, I had a hard time saying that technical directive. Yeah. Ferrari <laughs> have genuinely lost their pace. Like they've got some big questions to answer all of a sudden, haven't they? Yeah, they've got mm. a lot of work to do over the winter if they've they lost have that much pace in in the space of two weeks. That, that, their I engine that's, department. That's the crazy thing. That's I think yeah. that's what makes it so clear is you don't lose a second in a week. <laughs> no. <laughs> but unless you've got something really, really, really badly wrong suddenly with your car, or unless you, you've just gone totally the wrong way in terms of setup at a track, then you're not lo- and you know, these teams, they've run so many simulations that they know exactly they've been to these circuits so many times and know exactly what they're doing in terms of setup with car. Yeah. That's not what's gone wrong last weekend for Ferrari. Something has and it probably is the technical directive <laughs> and that's it for storylines unless anyone's got anything else to say no nope cool okay so shall we pick some drivers and teams to watch then chaps yes who would like to go first shall i go first i'm just well, you go on you go first you got one 
Okay, well, based on what we've just been saying, Ferrari are absolutely my team to watch. I think, you know, from from first practice on Friday all the way through to qualifying, they're really going to be wanting to prove to the world that they've still got the pace and that they they haven't lost it as a result of this technical directive. They've definitely got, you know, business to attend to this weekend because of what everyone's been saying. So I think they'll be spiced to watch. I think it'll be exciting to see the drivers putting in the times and to see what the team has to say about it if they don't put in the times that we expect of them. So that would be my team to watch this week. What about you, Chris? I mean, Ferrari is the obvious one, really. It's kind of the one I was going to say as well. Um, I guess the other one really is Red Bull. Like, as we've said, they historically have gone fairly well here. Um, But we've said that about other races this season. It's not quite come good for them, so... They they could be the ones to beat, but it's there's the kind of what is traditionally Red Bull track has not always come true this season, has it? I think I'm with Chris on this just because I was going to say Red Bull um, on the basis that I can't remember which of you said it earlier, but one of you said like this is their sort of backup our race kind yeah. of race with what happened at Mexico. Um, so I think, and, and Max has done fairly well here in the past. So I think that's another reason to, that he then becomes like my driver to watch because he's got last year to make up for. And I think the Red Bull should do all right here, weather permitting. So um, be interesting to see how they do on the whole. Mm. Well, I think even if it even if it rains, Red Bull will still be decent. Well, that that's kind of what I'm hinting at is that the rain might help them even I more. I think it would. So mm. I'd love yeah. a bit of rain. Yeah. We all love a bit of rain, um, especially Interlagos. It's great when it rains at Interlagos. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, drivers to watch. Uh, Chris, I'll make you go first this time. I'm going to sort of pig- piggybacking off what we said earlier about sort of Mercedes, maybe, maybe Hamilton easing off a little bit. I'm going to say Bottas because I think he's probably now the kind of pressure of the title fight is off. I mean, you could argue it's been off for a number of races now, but it's officially off now. I think he will probably want to end the season as strongly as possible. Um, and he kind of bookended last year with wins, didn't he? Um, so I think he'll be... Mm. I think he's a decent shout to do something similar this year. Mm. That's a that's a very good shout. And Tom? I've yeah, just got a feeling I, you're going to save Verstappen. Yeah, I'm going back to my Max. I kind of touched on it before, saying that I think that he's he's got something to prove, I think, for a couple of races where he's maybe been at fault and then last year specifically here at Brazil. So I think that he'll be he'll be out for a strong performance, I think, and just also sort of see the, the year out as strong as possible as well. Nice, nice, nice. I am going to go science this week. Shock horror. I'm not going big six. <laughs> I'm going little... Middle team, well, little <laughs> McLaren, little McLaren, that, that little tiny team McLaren, that tiny garage team McLaren. <laughs> yeah, those garage Easters. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go McLaren. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna go Science because he's been quietly all season just banging in the results. And yeah, we've spoke a bit about him, but we've not really like I don't think anyone really has given him quite the credit he deserves for what he's done this season. Um, he was two seconds. The, the the McLaren this year round the Circuit of the Americas was nearly two seconds 
faster than it was last year. Can you believe that? Yeah, yeah. that's that's crazy. <laughs> so that's Science's lap time in relation to Alonso's lap time last year. So imagine being able to say I'm two seconds faster than Fernando Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> He, he has a lifetime. <laughs> he has been like a real success story this season, hasn't he? Signs like his career was kind of going nowhere when Red Bull lost faith in him, and his the way he's turned it around is super impressive. Yeah, yeah. I think Science not only is he going to be my one to watch sort of this this race. I think the twenty twenty one season, if McLaren, if he sticks with McLaren, which I'm sure he will, and if McLaren can sort of pull it out the bag and you know if anyone can McLaren probably can pull it out the bag and get back in the mix for 2021 then you know him and Norris are both going to be real drivers to watch all season for that year I'd say yeah yeah agreed bringing it back to Brazil the kind of sort of races where where science has had out pretty outstanding races so Hungary um what was the other one? He had another really good one, um, a similar sort of track. Was it Monaco? Did he have a good drive at Monaco? Uh, he had he had good finish. He had a good finish in Japan uh, recently, and another decent one in Germany. Okay, so Monaco the, as well in the points, like you say. So. It's the classic. It's the he's he's done really really well at those classic race tracks. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of those. It's one of those tra- tracks. It's you know it's got grass runoff. It's it's a difficult track. It's tight. Um, that they seem to be the sort of tracks where he goes well. So I'm expecting big things from him this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good shout. Cool. Right. Should we do some predictions then? Yes. Reluctantly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it is the Brazilian Grand Prix this weekend at Interlagos in Sao Paulo. Um. And it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Bold Bye, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a classic. It's one of those classic racetracks, um, tight and twisty, difficult to overtake. It's not got a massive, it's got a big acceleration zone. It is quite high up in terms of elevation. So, like, the air is yeah. not yeah. quite as high as Mexico, but, you know, engine power is very much a leveled off factor because of the fact that you know you're high up in the same way as in mexico so with all that in mind i'm gonna ask tom who will be the quickest in q3 before penalties in 2008 lewis hamilton was the quickest with a 107 to 2008 18 wow. i mean 2008 that's <laughs> he possibly was quicker in 2008 as well i just remember uh, yeah, massive yeah, one. Sure i don't know <laughs> don't know who was paul um <laughs> Of course, I mean 2018. I missed the teen <laughs> off at the end of that one. Maybe, maybe Tom, you could just edit the teen into me when I... <laughs> I'm sure that'll be really smooth. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, Lewis was quickest last year. I'm putting my neck out there and I'm going to go Leclerc. Leclerc? Oh, you're... <sighs> See, th- th- one of the reasons I'm doing this is how well he did here last year. That's that's the bi- that's the whole basis for this, and now he's in like a a front running car. So I'm expecting great things from you, Charles. <laughs> yeah, well, Leclerc last year he was qualified eighth, didn't he? He was in the top ten. Yeah, and then he, I think he finished the race best of the rest, sixth or seventh. So do you know do you know who qualified better than Leclerc last year? Who's that? Marcus Ericsson. 
Yeah. <laughs> Forget about that. Not only he was li- he was like two temps quicker than him. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's that's a claim to fame, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Chris, who do, who are you gonna have? Uh, see, I was thinking of going for Vettel, and then I thought, no, after Ferrari's yeah. performance last race, I can't really go for a Ferrari. And now Tom said Leclerc, I'm doubting that again. <laughs> you need more strength of character, Chris, because I think Tom's an absolute mentalist for thinking. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the position of power, though. I've, I've got the That's lead true, in the standing, so yeah, I, I, can, I can make these and see if I can lure you into my pit of Is doom. that the tactic? <laughs> yeah, so my winner is gonna be um, George Russell. <laughs> yeah. You're like one of those snakes that was on that nature program um, the other day on BBC, where it's got like a spider on its tail, and Chris is the little hawk flying around, <laughs> and you just waggle in that spider around for Chris to come and take a bite out of them. Leclerc, Ferrari, Kentucky Cobra, it. just in the face. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you for stalling for me for a while. You're welcome. <laughs> you, you sounded <laughs> like you needed it. <laughs> Do you know who I'm going to go for? I'm going to go for Valtteri Bottas. Bottas. Valtteri Bottas. Well, okay, I'm going to go Verstappen. There we go. Three, I think that might be the first time this has happened all season. We've gone three teams. <laughs> it's been a very long time. <laughs> three different drivers. From yeah, three, three different, different teams, teams and three different drivers. Wow. Um, who went first? It was Tom, you went first. So Chris, who's going to win? Um, Verstappen's going to win. Verstappen's going to win. Tom? Oh, is this the bit where we'd return to normal form? I think I'm you might Verstappen be. as well. <laughs> well, I think Poland the win is very likely for Verstappen this weekend, so that's my count too. That's a point each. Well done, Tom. <laughs> normal service <laughs> is resumed. <laughs> yeah. uh, first DNF last year it War of guts. That's Formula E. Go away, Formula E. Um, <laughs> last year, the first DNF was Marcus Ericsson. Despite <laughs> despite beating his teammate in qualifying, he <laughs> he, he sustained collision damage. Um, Can I just say, does that surprise you with Marcus Ericsson? <laughs> well, it was only it was only it wasn't even at the start of the race. It was like twenty laps in. So there's just no excuse that's, for that. Is there? That's good going for Marcus Ericsson. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd have thought at the penultimate race of the 2019 season we'd mention Marcus Ericsson twice in the I know. Podcast. Wow. Yeah. Wow. There you go. He get he gets where the water can't, Marcus Ericsson. Um, <laughs> so that was the first DNF last year. Nico Hulkenberg was the other. That was the second DNF. He was overheating. Um. It's hard to say this year who's gonna who was who for, who was first DNF at last race was it Vettel or was it Grosjean? It was Vettel. It was yeah, it was Vettel. Yeah. Oh yeah, because Marcus Ericsson did finish technically, didn't he? Yeah. Or did he not? In by our standards, did he? Who knows? Who knows? Who, who are you on about? What are you on about Marcus Ericsson again for? <laughs> uh, I'm talking about um, Kevin Magnussen. It's just same number of <laughs> syllables in their name that's caught me out. <laughs> You're stalling now. <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe I am stalling. Maybe I am stalling us a little bit. Who knows? Uh, I'm going to go Route 1, Grosjean. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Route 1, Grosjean. The flowchart prevails. Yeah, classic flowchart decisions. Um, Chris, who are you going to have? I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for Kubica. 
two bits. Oh, you Ooh. mean, mean person. It's horrible behaviour. Tom? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Lance Stroll. Stroll. Oh, my goodness. It's a pretty All the big solid names. call. All the big names are in. <laughs> a number of finishes. Uh, whose turn is it to go to? Uh, Tom, number of finishes. I can go. Um, I'm going 17 for this week. 17. Just to, before you commit to that, last season, it was 18 finishes. I'm still committed because mine's already in the website. I submitted it earlier. Oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, of course. You started... Oh, no, because that was... Yeah, yeah, different. I, I opened it before we started recording because we knew who the last driver was going to be. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, I, uh, no, Chris, actually. You can go next, Chris. I'm also going to go for a lucky 17. Lucky 17? Stop I'm copying gonna go... me. I've got to copy think... on something. Based on the last few races, I think I'm going to have to go. No, no, 16 oh, no. is no longer <laughs> the 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 best one. It's no longer route one for me. 17 is a better one than 16. Oh, no. 18, Stop it. 18 is also as good. No. And for the sake Actually, of competition, well, for the sake of competition, I'm going to no. go 18. Because if I copy off you at this point in the season, then... <laughs> Yeah, you know. In fact, With the reverse I'm, psychology of telling Chris not to copy did not yeah, work on you, Stu. I'm minded <laughs> to go back and change my winner to like Bottas or someone just so I can get. But then I'd be getting a point saying, uh, I, I mean, can I do that? Can I go back and change my winner to Bottas just for the sake of competition? What, just for the sake of being different? Are you sure well, that's It's not why for the it's... sake of it. It's not for the sake of being different. It's for just... the possibility that. He might win it, and I might catch you up on some. But points. what what happens if Verstappen does win it, and then I get when a Verstappen point further away it. from you? Well, that, that's a oh, sorry, risk. Yeah, Chris, that's a, that's a when risk Verstappen wins, that's a risk that I have. If to you be want to change, able it, change to accept, it, it's not like it? it's locked in yet. So change it. I'll keep it. Go on, I'll do keep it. it as it is. Do I'll it. Keep it, as it is. <laughs> oh, last reverse psychology. You just got me. <laughs> All right, I'm changing it. Oh, now I don't know what you want, and I don't know what to do myself. Stewie, even I don't know what I want yeah. at this point. I just phrase, like creating turmoil. The phrase the listener will be thinking here is "sucker just got played," <laughs> <laughs> and they're thinking that about me. I, um, I think the smart. I think it? the smart thing to do is to stay put. Do you think so? Oh, Chris, you would say Verstappen. Verstappen's going to win it. You, you're only going to regret it if. Look, if Verstappen wins and Bottas doesn't, you, I think you're going to regret that more than not swapping to Bottas and him then winning it. Because oh, at least, at least I'm... if Bottas wins and you didn't swap, I didn't get any points either. We still stay the same. I think that's the better option. That's how I'd do it if I was you. You've got me really sweating here. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it. I've stressed too much over it already, and if I change it now, then I'll regret changing it if it doesn't come to pass. So I'm going to leave it. <laughs> random driver. Who's our random driver this week? We've got one left. Let's let's, let's have the illusion. Um, Stu, can you pick me a number between one and one? Um, one. <laughs> it's Kimi Raikkonen. Oh, who'd have thunk it? Kimi Raikkonen. Um, what's Kimi Raikkonen's race number? Five, isn't it? Seven. No, it's seven. Uh, Vettel's five. Yeah. Uh, Raikkonen, where's Raikkonen going to finish? Last race, he... Where did Raikkonen finish in the last race? Anyone mm, got that off the top not, of their head? Not well. Uh, 11th. Oh, not yeah. terribly. He's had a, he's had a bad run. He, he got 
seventh in um, Hungary, and then after that, it's been sixteen, fifteen, retire, thirteen, twelve, retire, eleven. So not a great second half of the season for Kimi. So last season at this track, he was third, but that was in a Ferrari. Um, <laughs> not much varied very from circumstances. And yeah. um, Leclerc, Leclerc did finish seventh last season in the Sauber Ferrari, which is now the Alfa Romeo. Mm. Um, mm, that's that, it's a tricky one. This. Would you like me to play my hand now? If you'd like to, if you're happy to do I- that. I'm going thirteenth, thirteenth, because okay. that's that's the the mean of his recent finishing positions. Mm. I, you know what? I, something's just occurred to me. I'd like to add a new mechanic to um, to the predictions league, just for the hosts. Leader has to go first. <laughs> Leader has to always go first. Yeah, for each. <laughs> I think that'll make an interesting. Di- I think that'll make an interesting next season. I think we should do that. It'd be an interesting dynamic for the entire season. Um, <laughs> And it'll keep in the, in the interest of keeping things relatively even. Uh, Chris, who you, where are you putting Raikkonen? I'm going to do something I don't do very often and put him 18th as a one of my Ooh. DNFs. Wow! Ooh. But not the first DNF. You're not putting your money where your mouth is quite. I don't think he's going to be first, but I thought I do think he's not going to finish the race. You know, he's going to finish. Okay. Um, I'm going to go. Where was the 11th last race? Leclerc in the Sauber was... I'm going to go ninth. I think he'll have an okay race in the... But I'm a long way from you two there. 13th, 18th... <clears> That's quite a spread of uh, predictions we've got there. Yeah, big time. Mm. Big, big time. Okay, and that's it. That's it for predictions. You can submit your predictions at backofthegrid.com. As um, I am doing right now. As Chris is doing right now. <laughs> the... Thing is open for it. What is it called? <laughs> zone. <laughs> That's a terrible segue, isn't it? Um, okay, shall we do some inbox? Keep it safe now. Stay, stay up. Hey man. It's always the hey man that gets. I don't know. You know what? I don't know how I feel about. I really. I like it, but there's just. Anyway, <laughs> inbox. I do. Um, I like it. I like it. First Go one on, is from Sam, Sam Van Houten, who says, "Penultimate race of the season. The season has gone so quick, and instead of going cold turkey again, can you recommend some racing series available on TV or online uh, where to watch to get some sort of racing fix? Also, do you guys still record in the off season? You've become a bit of my weekly routine. Um, yes, uh, we also record in the off season." Um, at the very least, we always have a couple of season review episodes. Uh, we will also be revisiting our 2020 grid predictions at some point. Yes. But yeah, there'll, there'll be stuff going on. We'll still be around. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. We, we just love doing this so much and we love each other so much that it'd be strange not to, I think, at this point. Strange not to talk to each other once a week. <laughs> Yeah, like, on, on, like at the end, if the season did end and we just stopped talking to each other, I think I'd go cold turkey. I'd like get the shakes and start sweating all the time. Um, Delete the WhatsApp group. Get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, just literally just like blank I just can't be other. tempted by you anymore, guys. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Like, <laughs> oh. Anyway. Um, as, for, as for other things to watch. There'll be a new series of Drive to Survive in hopefully January. Um, to be yeah. towards the end of January, they're aiming to get it out a little bit before testing, a bit sooner than they got it out last season. 
Um, Formula E. Yeah, Formula, Formula E. Yeah, there's World Endurance Championship, which will yeah. be yeah, that's running. back in April, I think that restarts. Yeah, well, just had a race. They just had a race in. This was the four hours of Shanghai, was it? This weekend, just gone by. Six hours of Fuji. You were so close yet so far. <laughs> what this weekend just gone? Yeah. Really? Yep. No. Yes. No, because Rebellion won. <laughs> yeah. Unless I've just dreamt. That wasn't Fuji. That was four hours of Shanghai, wasn't it? No, that's... Um... Oh, no, hang on. No, you're right to take it all back. Ah! <laughs> take it all back. <laughs> oh, God. This calendar wow. is very strangely formatted. Wow, Chris. Yeah, blame it on the calendar, wow. yeah. <laughs> well, the bad news in that case, then, is that... That is the uh, last, yeah, last uh, WEC race until June, so you can't be watching that oh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, you won't be watching that. Yeah, maybe if you want to watch a rerun of it, but then you can watch a rerun of any race, can't you? So, um, <laughs> no point. But basically, Formula E is your friend. Formula E will be on. Um, yeah, it starts in a couple of weeks' time, and will be going on for the next several months. Yeah, because yeah. well into June now, doesn't it? I think maybe. Even I July, think so. Maybe. Yeah, there's there's over. When's when's the London race? Because that's the closing one, isn't it? Uh, it's October, I think. No, it's not. It's end of June. Oh, is it that early? Okay, I thought it went on yeah, longer yeah, than that. It's end of June. Or Chris, end of I'm going to teach you how to read the calendar after this episode. I know, man. God, stop talking. <laughs> stop talking. Chris is now banned from talking about dates from this point yeah. onwards, all right? <laughs> maybe, he's re- maybe he's reading them the Americanized way and he's reading like October 7th <laughs> instead yeah. of... You know what? You would not believe how often that catches me out. Anyway... Uh, moving on from that, uh, Stony Boyo says, how have McLaren turned around their fortunes and where do you think they can improve next year to close the gap even more to the top three? Cool. Where can they improve? Um, Engine, definitely. Yeah. But then again, the Honda's not been that bad in the Red Bull, has it? It's won races, so it's not exactly yeah. that true, much true. of an issue. But the Renault's not been great in the Renault either, though. So Yeah. Um. I think I think the personnel changes internally have probably helped a lot for McLaren. Like just the the whole change of regime and this season's where it's started to come to fruition a bit. And it'd be it'd be nice if that upward trend continues into next season. But I think that's definitely a key part of it. Is is all the regime starting to finally come together as one? Yeah, definitely. It's been like uh, Andreas Seidel, James Key. Um... Who else has been uh, Gilles de Ferran? Like a lot of big names yeah. have been brought in over the last couple of years, and as you say, it's kind of now that's all starting to gel. I think um, two very happy drivers as well that happy, yeah. seem happy to be at the team, seem comfortable in the team, and seem to fit in and, and gel with everyone. From what you see on the outside, anyway. So yeah, seems. That I way. think that definitely helps as well. Two happy drivers, mm, for sure. Yeah, um, I don't really have much to add to that. I think I'm excited. I am excited to see where their car comes out next year in terms of like timings uh, during testing mm. because this will be the first car that these sort of personnel changes have generated and it should I, I you know they they really ought to be knocking on the door of the red bulls i'd say yeah they um, should be so yeah i mean i'm excited to see if that happens or not um hopefully it will um watch this space the next one we have is from at 7JB, 7JB, um, and he asks, where does, this is an interesting one, where does Max's 
20, I think he might be a Max Verstappen fan. Where does <laughs> Max Verstappen's 2016 Brazilian, Brazilian GP performance rank with the best of all time? I'm assuming he means best drive or be, best wet races all time because you'll remember 2016 was the race where he uh, he went round the outside of Nico Rosberg, if I remember rightly. In, like, isn't that the one where he spun and caught it as well? Yeah, he went yeah. sideways down the main straight for a little bit. Um, he then made a they made a poor tire swap to Inters, I think, just as it started raining even heavier. Um, but he dropped yeah, him he right f- to the back, and then he just drove through everyone. And I think he finished third in the end. He did. He finished um, third in the end in that race. Yeah, it was a great drive. It really um, was. It um, was. I think wet races, wet races are tricky because obviously you've got you. So let, let let's let's come. What 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 other drivers' performances is this directly comparable to? You've got Senna at Donington, that was a massive yeah. drive. Um, Hamilton at Silverstone one year, I think two thousand and eight. The year no two thousand and yeah two thousand and eight. The year he won the championship. Yeah, I think it was. He had a yeah. monster performance there. Um, that was a wet race. Then there's been there, there's the. There's the max performance that's definitely up there with those two, I'd say. If you had to rank those three, I think I'd still put Senna's, Senna's Donington race. Uh, or it's actually European. It was the European Grand Prix that season. If officially, is it called the European GP? Yeah, but yeah. it was that Donington yeah. racetrack. Yeah, it was a good yeah. racetrack. Anyway, um, he, I'd, I'd say myself, I'd put that one top. Then it's a tricky one with the, the, the Hamilton Silverstone one. Hamilton kind of dominated it and was just a cut above for the entire race and didn't really he just didn't drove really away yeah. over so he just drove away so but he then did, you it was one of those so days where to do that in the first place that it kind of warrants a, a mighty exactly yeah himself, it was one where, of those days where he just made everyone else look a bit amateurish yeah absolutely and then max's drive I would probably put it third after those two in terms of big wet race performances. You've probably got there's probably a few Schumacher races that I'm not thinking of here as well. That he's, oh yeah, he's there's plenty of Schumacher absolute ones. Demon in the wet. Um, um, what about I, you guys? This this got me <clears throat> when I read this question. I was kind of thinking along the same lines, and I think there is an argument to say Verstappen is the best wet weather driver in F1 now. Like you look at Germany this year. Pretty much everybody had some kind of off, Hamilton included. And yeah. Verstappen just pounded round like it was no problem whatsoever. Um, I mean, Hamilton is obviously mighty in the wet, but Verstappen's been more impressive in recent years, I think. Do you know Do you know what? I'll, I'm going to ask you both, because obviously you both carted as well, so you'll, you'll probably get where I'm coming from with this, but... So a lot of drivers, when they're driving around in the in the wet and they have these really good wet races and then get interviewed afterwards, a lot of them compare it to, it was like when I was car and you just got to find where the grip is on the circuit. Yeah. Right? Is this maybe the, the fact that with Max being younger and more recently in carts, he's... I, I, would, I don't want to say he's still got that and the others haven't because that's not strictly true. But, I mean, he it's easier for him to tap into that mentality because it's still fresher in his in his skill set, that, I guess, yeah, because he's been more, more away, potentially... Yeah. yeah, that's an interesting... It's, it's definitely... A, it's a possibility in terms of sort of just, you know, your brain does kind of, as time goes on, the... 
the the pathways that your your mind forms yeah to your muscles kind of they slowly slowly wear away and overgrow kind of thing if you want to use that analogy yeah like i i think it's one of those things like to use the old adage of riding a bike like a driver like lewis for example is never going to forget how to get out there and find the grip but when he's doing it less and less because it's less of an occurrence uh it's it's maybe just that bit more natural and a quicker reaction for for someone like Max to find it. I think maybe it's just a it's, wild maybe, theory. But then the thing is, not every race. You know, if 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 you'd raced a lot in the wet karting, which actually you probably you probably have as many wet karting races as you do Formula One races. I would have thought. Yeah, as exactly. You, as you're growing up, because you're having so many, you're having a race every weekend. Unless you live somewhere where it literally rains all the time, you're not going to be racing in the wet as often as say. It also depends where you grow up, because actually, you know, where Max learned to kart, I don't know where his karting kind of races were held, probably, I'm assuming, the Netherlands, right? Yeah, I was going to well, say... He grew up like Belgium and, and stuff as well, didn't he? So. Yeah, I was going to say this, like, a driver like Verstappen or like Hamilton, like, their formative years were probably spent in much wetter places than someone like yeah. a Carlos Sainz or a Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. Yeah, which has that, got that's to play maybe what it a is. factor. Yeah, because mm. that's something that the former have different to the latter in the in the drivers that you mentioned there. But mm. then again, science isn't that bad in the wet, really, is it? No, true. So that's just his dad's rally genes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> being passed down. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I think probably your British. I think that's why you do you do tend to see the British do tend to do all right in the wet as well though don't you yeah like, i mean jensen was really good in the wet really good in the wet yeah um norris as far as i've been able to tell has been good in the wet. in fact he had almost his best result in germany yeah and then yeah. his car died right at the very end on the second to last lap so he had a great he, he's definitely yeah. proved himself that to, to drive the way he did in that race that was a lottery that race for him to come out of it yeah. where he did was you know i say lottery i'm, I'm doing it a disservice so you have to do you have to drive so well to keep control exactly, of yeah. those conditions. Um, and even George Russell was in like a really good position as well. So, yeah, that that would point towards drivers who've come from wettish places <laughs> having a better muscle memory for it. It's got a player, yeah. player factor, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think that, that 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 was a good question in the end. That one, Actually, yeah, like I, was, that. I was I was skeptical at first, but he's brought he's brought <laughs> some good debate to the table there on Seven JB. Um, cool, and that I guess that wraps us up, does it for this week? Yeah, guys, it does. Cool. Okay, so you can like, share, and subscribe the podcast. Please do because it helps us a zillions. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Back of the Grid F One. You can find us on facebook by searching for back of the grid on twitter we are at back of the grid f1 we are yes and i'm doing this from memory and um yeah you can visit the website and submit your predictions at back of the grid.com and you can also get in touch with us send us you know right on the contact sheet and and ask us questions and communicate with us that way um and that does indeed wrap us up for this week so we'll see you next week when we review the Brazilian Grand Prix and it's goodbye. So see you next time. Bye. Bye.
Oh, no, just, uh, sorry, just bear, someone's knocking at my door. Just a sec. Uh, <laughs> it's Christian Horner. <laughs> what are you saying about me? What are you a- saying? <laughs> driven all the way down here from Milton Keynes and I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not in Milton Keynes, actually. He should be in Brazil. <laughs> yeah, I should hope so. <laughs> well, if Toto's having a weekend off, then so am I. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people complain about it, but then I've read the yeah. complaints and it's all like super duper hardcore Pokemon fans who complain about things that just they just mean nothing to me. Yeah, they're complaining about like, oh, this Pokemon won't be in the game. Like, exactly, yeah. The, the thing is, though, like the way that it's supposed to work is that all these different games are set in different continents. and it's like, Exactly, yeah. You don't find tigers and lions wandering around. Exactly. <laughs> So why would you expect to find a Charizard? <laughs> what have I just rejoined into here? What am I, what are you talking about, you two? Talking about Pokemon, dude. Sorry. <laughs> we turned we turned into that king thing for a minute. <laughs> <laughs>